Welcome to another edition of Surviving COVID-19 Homeschooling. So I took a day off. Uh, it's now Thursday. Tuesday was really hard, really hard. And I was still trying to hold down a full-time job and trying to figure out how to keep the kids engaged. And so this video series is about survival, about how we can continue to keep people healthy for this period of time of which is unclear. It could be, it's almost certainly going to be more than seven weeks. It's probably going to be closer to 12. So the only thing I can really suggest here is you really try, those who've got a full-time job, to negotiate to take some time off just to accept the fact that bootstrapping homeschooling is a non-trivial exercise, not only for the preparation, but also from the point of view of um, just the, 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 the shift in everyone's thinking for you and the kids and everything. And that's going to take a little time. So the biggest change that I made this week was that I parked my full-time job for a few days at least to then try and put in place some structures that we can all use that are easier, hopefully in future, so that I have more capacity. Now, this isn't necessarily practical for everyone, and I respect that. And there's nothing wrong at all with whatever way you're doing, as long as the kids are safe and they're healthy in terms of eating and such like, then, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to make any judgment on that. I'm just sharing what my experience has been. And the recommendation for those who have that opportunity to say, actually, I should just take a few days off to get that going is, I think, uh, well, it's liberating for me. It's been absolutely transformational in terms of my energy and my focus. So that's great. And I want to thank uh, a bright yellow Anil suit who's, uh, where I work at the moment for being flexible around that. So you'll hear more about Bright Yellow soon. Okay, so um, actually another thing that came up, I'm curious what other people have experienced. Uh, I had my first dream last night, my COVID-19 dream, well, nightmare, really. Uh, it was uh, it was just so vivid. I, my family and I went to another country. We flew there to see some friends, and it was in a European city of some kind, and there was an old town and there were just people milling about and doing whatever. And then I suddenly realized that I, we'd all completely forgotten about the virus. And I started getting really distressed because of all the people that I touched and hugged and said hello to and normal things that normal people do in normal situations. And just panicking because no one seemed to care. Uh, and unfortunately, it's kind of like real life for some people still that there's still an exceptional amount of willful ignorance that, oh, well, hey, I'm okay and I can't see it, then it's fine. And it's not, you know. There's a term that some of you already know, which is called vector. Uh, people are bouncing this thing around. Even if you're actually immune, you can still pick up stuff from surfaces and pass it on. Everyone is any, the closer you get to the front of this experience um, of, of the, uh, the virus and its impact, the closer and stronger the message has become of, don't mess with this. This is a really serious thing and it can, you know, it kills and it's killing large numbers of people and a growing number of people. So anyway, that's the somber side. And, you know, if you've had dreams or thoughts on this, please do share. From the local news point of view, structurally, again, this video is going to be about local news and it's going to be about global news. Um, things that I think are interesting or relevant for homeschoolers, um, new homeschoolers, uh, and then a little bit on survival, like what it actually I found working for for me and my kids. So um, what's fascinating, you probably all experience, is that it's it's really quiet at the moment. It's really quiet. There's 
there are planes and cars still, but not many. And that's actually really, really peaceful. And here in the UK, they have a lockdown that's still not clear enough for a lot of people. And that probably will change to be even more strict. But at the, at the moment, you're allowed to go out and get some exercise with people you're living with. And those um, points are to give people exercise in local parks and things. And so that's really good. And it's quiet. I mean, there was a truck that just drove past, I haven't said that, but that was a rubbish truck. These essential things are still happening. So anyway, that's quiet. And of course, you're all probably experiencing this too, and it's, it's really nice. Um, and, and it's a good thing at the moment, and one of the positive things about what's happening now. And actually, various animals have been emboldened to venture into cities. Pretty funny. We've got wild boars in central Rome, deer wandering around major cities in Japan, wild turkeys in San Francisco. There's a whole bunch of uh, stuff going on there, and we'll probably see more of that. That's pretty fun. I think if we saw some mountain lions in some parts of the US. So there's stuff going on, and, and some of it's quite nice. And, right, so the next part I wanted to cover was a word of the day. And it's furlough. So furlough is a word I first heard when I was planning a trip to the US in 2013, uh, when the U U US government shut down. And we were trying to plan a trip around various national parks in the US, and, and uh, they were closed, so we had to come up with another plan. Furlough in the context of the UK is that it's a forced leave of absence. And so the government's saying up to £2,500 a month, they will pay 80% of someone's salary if they're on furlough. And one of the little um, viable opportunities here is, is hang on a sec, it's a bit noisy. <clears throat> Family life. So what uh, they've said is, um, it's actually pretty legitimate, for instance, if you just left, a lot of people have just left um, employment, and what you've they've done is, oh look. Hello. <laughs> this is my eldest. <laughs> yes, what do you need? Um, password? Uh, no, I need the iPad. Alright, do that. So, the, um, um, so this means that there's this really interesting opportunity to follow that really closely. There's a guy called Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert here in the UK, and he's got it on good authority that if you've just left your job and was wanting to start a new one, then it's really a good idea. You can go back to an employer and some of them are open to rehiring you at 80% of your previous salary and go immediately onto furlough as a way of getting income because the government wants to find a way of getting money to people so that they can keep living and prosper in some component. So that's a useful thing. Martin Lewis, money-saving expert. He's a good one for that. And... Um, so, but, but that leaves the self-employed in a little bit of limbo. So those who are still trying to, you know, who work by themselves, so like what, well, what does that mean? And it's not clear, but the government has said, or at least through various channels, that we should have some information on that in the next week or so. Sorry, it, hopefully end of this week, maybe next week. Uh, and it's pretty hard for self-employed because, you know, income's variable and such like. The smartest I've seen, I think it's from Denmark, where they calculate your income for the last three years and pay some portion of that. But there's no policy here um, yet. Now, on the local side again, continuing on that, the the neighbourhood actually feels more like a neighbourhood than it ever has. The the WhatsApp group we're using has been really effective uh, as a channel. Uh, once we establish some basic etiquette about the kinds of things to share in the channel to keep the volume of messages down and keep them either neutral or positive. 
So it's not like lots of jokes or memes or like lots of bad news. It's just stuff that helps people uh, in need. And so the kinds of things that we've uh, we've done is um, sharing resources. Like I needed a hacksaw for my kid's spaceship project. And nothing fancy. We we didn't need that curtain rail anyway, right? <laughs> um, shared um, ordering of things like piggybacking together if there's uh, inbound deliveries of stuff. Uh, there's still quite a lot of a bit of a logjam on a lot of deliveries and not much reliability So I made a Sainsbury order and while I could get it the next day uh, how, You know a good half of the items just didn't turn up because I told them not to substitute There's been some hilarious stories about substitution. I someone ordering uh, You know quite basic things and then getting you know really random other things like I ordered, I forget exactly what it was I ordered, it was like bread or, or hot cross buns and then they got like an octopus instead, I mean it's hilariously random, so I can find links to that, it's pretty funny. So I don't really trust substitutions is what I'm saying, and uh, so what else has happened, so um, yeah we got a few, you know like getting some flour or some baby things, we've got a few young'uns on the street. Um, and also updates of things that you know lot some people may not have direct access to or easy access to like uh, local council local government updates where people might just share a, a screenshot of something or you know because the change in policy in government and local food and uh, retailers you know policies these are changing all the time and so it's good to know what's going on and that's been very effective for uh, the changes uh, that are happening quite rapidly at the moment uh, from exercise point of view, we've continued to use the body coach daily and they're getting typically this stuff's really fun and it's a uh, two lots of 10 minutes for an a half an hour block with warm-up and warm down um, Eight nine hundred thousand people watching it at the same time all over the world pretty incredible <clears throat> My own experience with this actually is um, As someone over 40 uh, you got to be the warm-ups and warm-downs. They're critical now He doesn't he doesn't really underscore that but my own experience has been that uh, if you, the difference between a really painful next day and a good day is, can be about the warm downs. And I'm hobbling around a wee bit today with my right Achilles tendon because I didn't stretch it enough after. And I know it's because of that rather than, oh, I can't do that exercise ever. It's because I didn't stretch it enough. So if you're gonna do it, I recommend it, take it easy. Uh, he is very fit and he does good stuff, but just do what you can. And the most important thing really in the context of surviving COVID-19's homeschooling is it can be a fun thing for some of your kids to get engaged with, a shared experience. So focusing on that part and not so much the fact that you're following absolutely everything he says, and that's my, my suggestion around that. Okay, um, so our local school has been really good at providing resources that kids can follow. And the key thing I did was to put resources in a spreadsheet and then have a quite separate sheet for the schedule. Now, I'm, I'm a bit of a spreadsheet geek, and some people kind of get freaked out when they hear about that kind of level of organization, but others will be like, that's cool. It's not that involved. Um, if you know what a, how to use a spreadsheet, then all it is is, you know, it's just some columns and tables, and and then I have a what's called a, um, um, a validation so that you can do a pop-up of, of the courses. So I just say this slot, this person, this boy, does this thing. Uh, I can explain, explain more about that if people are interested in how I do that and I can share a link to the to the things I do but it's it, I'm trying to again be really keep things simple and also um, yeah I mean what I've been thinking about in terms of again driven by how I keep them basically 
doing things that I think are good and I want them to do, and at the same time, think about um, giving myself some time to do other things that have to be done. And also just sit around a bit, you know, it's important. Um, it's, that's, you know, it's part of the day because we're in here for a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we're going to be doing this for several weeks. So it's um, trying to figure out a way of saying, how do I not be completely exhausted at the end of the day? And so one of the things that I do is when I look at the, and I haven't done it for all of them, but I've done it for some, uh, is to bring up a, uh, an assessment of how much needs to be involved with, with, with a, the teacher. And so what, you know, whether it's reactive, like they can do it and it's like um, an online course where they can just watch a video and do something, or if it's like, we're going to play a game, you know, that, that's, that's, that's really active. Uh, so what I try and do is think about when I'm thinking about that for the next day, and this is only about 10 minutes that I think about this, I think, well, okay, well, if I'm going to spend active stuff with this kid, then I won't have that on the, uh, on the other side. So, um, so one child will have something that they can pretty much work on by themselves, but they may need some help. I mean, you know, your kids, different ages and everything is all going to be completely up to, you know, how it works for you. But the pattern that I found might be helpful is thinking what's something that those kids can be doing or that kid can be doing while I focus a little bit of time with this other kid or even better, get them to participate on something together. So the other really kind of liberating thing in some ways was that in the curriculum, there's like gameplay and cooking and things like that. And so, you know, we played snakes and ladders yesterday and it was really hard. I mean, it just went on for ages. And, you know, there was tension because my youngest wanted certain rules, but we learned about that. And it brings me up to the next point, which is, uh, I've, um, I'm gonna jump down to this actually, which was around um, role. Another key thing that, that I really saw was lots of parents have been experiencing this thing of the kid doing something, one of your children doing something, and then saying, wait a second, would you do that at school? Would you say that at school? And invariably they say no. And so you say, well, okay, how do we solve this? There's lots of different ways, obviously, but what I've said is why, well, okay then. And I found a hat, actually I found some bunny ears and called myself teacher bunny, that didn't really work. So then my youngest was like, no daddy, you need a hat. So I got a hat and then he and I had a little spelling exercise where he sp spelt out teacher and I stuck it. And I can show you a photo of that somewhere. I don't know where it is now, but I'll show it at one point. So I wear a teacher hat. <laughs> And then I say, well, teacher says this, teacher says that. Now this isn't hundred percent. I see my doors open again. I'm going to close it just for sure. <clears throat> now it's not hundred percent, but it's quite fun. Um, because it's definitely been effective occasionally where they're saying, oh, I don't want to do this meaning. And it's like, well, teacher says do this. And that has more influence than, than, Daddy says blah, 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 because it's a, it's a different role. So I'm finding that quite helpful. And my oldest, who you saw just before, he's, he, I mean, he laughs, he goes, hello, Mr. Harris, how are you today? And things so he, he buys into that. Uh, each kid will respond differently, but I found that to be pretty effective. Uh, what else has happened today? Um, yeah, so other things that make life really easy for you as a new homeschooler, um, yeah, depending again on the age of the kid, I found that for my nine-year-old, is um, it's pretty good to give him a question, a research question. Uh, early on, last weekend, which seems like a year ago, 
I asked him, you know, well, actually what I did is I came up with something which was for both kids. I got a little piece of paper and I said, which shape looks more like the coronavirus? <clears throat> Circle, square, triangle, star or something. And then, so what they did is they said, um, okay, that's great. Um, and I gave my eldest the task of saying, well, what is the coronavirus? And he went off and started researching that. And then he, I just said, well, now you explain that to the other kid. Explain to a five-year-old is the classic thing, right? If he can't, then he doesn't understand it. Uh, and so then he came along and he went up to the circle and put little spikes on it. And I said, that's a coronavirus. And then um, he explained it to my youngest. And then I asked the question again, you know, which shape looks more like the coronavirus? And they were like, ah, oh, it's the circle with the spikes on it. And it's really interesting because my youngest now is like, Daddy, look, a coronavirus, yay. So for him, what I explain to my youngest, by the way, in, in terms of what's going on in the world, I just say, we explain what a virus is and we have the pictures of it and we've got books and things. And uh, there's and there's a really great app, by the way, called The Human Body, which I recommend, Human Body, the body app, we call it. And one of them is you can actually pick up a virus and stick it in the body and see what happens. And it's like, oh, it gets sick, or you can take bones out and things. It's a pretty cool app. Uh, and so he recognized the, the sim symbolic representation of coronaviruses and that. And so then I can say, he says, well, Daddy, when can I go on a train again? I said, well, the train's full of viruses at the moment. We need to get rid of them. And he's okay with that. So I just say, no, we can't do, we can't play with your friend face to face because um, you, you don't, you know, we don't want more viruses here. And so he's understanding that. And we're doing video calls where we have a video channel like on Skype and then he will talk. Um, and play a game or something. So that's working quite well. But I rambled. The final thing is um, that I want to, uh, I guess, yeah, so, yeah, I think that's, right, yeah, so my, I guess my favorite survival resource of the day, it actually has just been Lego. Lego's great, right? Um, and they've got a bunch of other things, but Lego, so I created these discovery packs, which was nothing more than a suitcase. I just threw a whole bunch of random stuff and like, ah, just, just stuff. Oh, look, new things. And they were like, ah, oh, new things. But they weren't new. They were just things they hadn't played with for like you know, a week. <laughs> it's like, but rediscovery is a powerful force for kids. Like you probably all experienced that when, uh, you know, you want to throw away some toys and of course they all want it. Oh, hello. Hello. We should start today. Exercise. Has he? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so it is nearly exercise time. This is my youngest. You can say hello. Hello. <laughs> I'll be there in a second, okay? Okay. And then we'll do some breakfast. Okay, see you soon. Yeah, so... Um, so Lego, what I did is I just said... Um, here is a, just... A, a set of Lego, a fixed amount, just pile of it and throw some wheels and things and then say, make something cool with just that Lego. And he really embraced him in that. He really got into that and he, um, I mean, it kept him busy for about like, you know, half an hour, really focused. So I think the real question is, you know, try, experiment with different things that get that engagement. Uh, my oldest actually is also completely obsessed with science. And so I've asked him to, and he played around with Google Slides and things, so he's going to create a little lesson for his classmates on science, which he really loves. He's telling me about strangelets today. I have no idea what these things are, but it's just pretty extraordinary. Uh, and he's definitely top of his class in science, and that's when someone's doing well and they like it, there's a compulsion, then encouraging them to do those things I think is great. So if you find something they like, you know, also... I'm finding it helpful to say, look, we have things to teach, but if you really like that, then we'll 
we'll put some time for that. Like my youngest who came in, he created a song yesterday. So we'll probably hear a song soon at some point. Um, I found a bunch of other useful resources that I won't go into more, but I'll just headline. So vitamin D3 supplements are looking like a promising way to supplement our defenses for the virus. So there's something about that. Keep in touch on uh, the vitamin D3 story. Patrick Stewart, AKA Jean-Luc Picard, is reading Shakespeare on Twitter. Uh, he's actually a Shakespearean actor before he joined Star Trek, so that's a pretty fun thing. And uh, there's a framework for coping, which I found called Face COVID, and it comes up with what all those letters mean, Face COVID. I'll put links in the notes about all of those things too. Anyway, that's a bit longer today, but lots have been going on. It's been two days, so enjoy. I hope that you're all um, surviving okay, and I hope that this material is good. Let me know, and uh, until next time, have a great day. See ya.